everyone. Thanks for joining us back this week. It's June the 3rd when I'm recording this, the first week of June 2022. And I was just reading the AEI Premium Newsletter this morning, rereading it. And in case you didn't know, today is National Donut Day, National Egg Day, and World Cider Day. So wishing you all the best of those holidays and hoping you celebrate appropriately. I know I already had donut this morning in light of the holiday. So as always, wanted to share three ideas that we've been thinking about, that we've been writing about, and we've been sharing to the AEI Premium site for our readers. So I encourage you to log in, read the latest content, update your forecast to the Ag Forecast Network, but just to share a few things that we have uploaded and that we've been thinking about this week, give you a little bit of a quick introduction. Ahead of the report, next Friday, June the 10th, the USDA is releasing its June WASD report. We have two forecast network questions. Again, the 16 questions, $1,600 challenge. It's been going on now, but you can still get in. We have first half prizes, second half the contest prizes, and a grand prize. I think all of them are still open, so you can get in there and forecast. Two questions about the probability of the USDA raising corn yields above last month's estimate of 177, and the probability of them raising soybean yields above 51.5, which is the trend at normal yield and what they estimated back in May. Overall, these have seems like a less than 50% chance of occurring based on the consensus, but there are some forecasts above 50%. In fact, it looks like there's a higher probability for corn on the mean than there is for soybeans. But, you know, something for you to think about. Recalibrate your forecast, recalibrate your expectations. Generally, I'm a little slow to change forecasts this time of the year. I think that June weather, especially July weather for corn, and then even August weather for soybeans has a lot of impact here. So we'll see how this plays out. One thing I want to point out here is, we've been talking about this quite a bit, but the long burn questions about the probability of the November WASI report estimating above trend normal yields for corn at 181 and soybeans at 51.5, that has again stayed pretty darn low. When we were thinking at this at the beginning of May, it was around a 30% probability. Historically, this is between 60 and 65% probability this time of the year. So we're forecast half as much of what it was. Now we've dipped below 30% and got almost a 20% there a couple of weeks ago. And then when we look at soybeans, a uh, similar story, usually between 50 and 60% this time of the year, we're hanging out this slightly above 30%. So encouraging you to think a little bit about what are your expectations? How are those impacting your marketing plans? And two, how do you benchmark yourself here? And maybe do you need to rethink that? Maybe do you need to think your marketing plan as a result of these expectations? Again, there's no right or wrong answer here today. But the idea here is how can we challenge our thinking to get a little bit ahead of the curve, so to speak? So continue to think about that. Continue to challenge yourself with those. Again, two of the questions of the 16 have been scored and resolved. Two more are going to get resolved on June the 10th with the June WASDE report. But the contest is still wide open encourage you to get in there and participate. The worst case scenario, you're going to learn something along the way. Second article we've wrote, there have not been a drought of fertilizer-related articles, but it seems like they're all repeating the same thing. So we wanted to sort of wrap up the 2022 situation, but also provide some insights that haven't been widely talked about or widely reported. And so one thing we wanted to point out here is there's been about three iterations or three cycles of high fertilizer prices if you go back and this data set from the usda goes back all the way to 2008 
2008, in the fall, we had fertilizer and hydrous ammonia prices up around $1,200 a ton. DAP was at $1,200 a ton. By the next fall, they were you know, at $400 a ton, respectively. They fell really quickly. And then we had the prolonged fertilizer price expansion between really 2010 and 2013, and then a gradual long-term decline. So I think we need to be fertilizer prices do move a lot up and down and sometimes they resolve themselves quickly and sometimes they resolve themselves a little slower one of the ideas here that i really want to mention here is during times of rapid changes in price be it in the farm economy the national economy uh, and we're in a period where prices are rising really really quickly but when prices start to change a lot, what it typically does is it messes up relative price. So substitutes are things that you can swap back and forth. So maybe a Ford pickup for a Chevy pickup, right? Or complements are things that go together. Maybe peanut butter and jelly, for example. Those are sort of classic examples. And the idea here is nitrogen fertilizer has substitutes. So when we've seen fertilizer prices take off over the last six to 12 months, as they've done, it's really messed up the relative prices. and I want you to keep this in mind for the next six to 12 months as well. Last fall, your anhydrous prices were historically cheap relative to urea and even liquid 28%. We're looking at urea here on this chart. And now anhydrous prices are, you know, historically high relative to urea. So another way of framing this is the permanent cost of a pound of nitrogen from anhydrous ammonia is typically one three is 1.24 times the price per unit from anhydrous. Now it's almost at one. It hasn't gotten to one, but it's very, very low, historically low. And so to reframe this just a little bit, to reiterate this a little bit, we have seen not only wild upward changes in prices all over the board. And so anhydrous ammonia now isn't nearly as attractive. We had to keep this in mind as we move through the fall and as we move through the early parts of 2023. Of course, we have questions about where were anhydrous ammonia prices be, where's the overall fertilizer market going to be, but it's these relative prices that have created some challenges for producers who maybe can't substitute quick enough, can't take advantage of some of these substitutes, maybe some opportunities for those who have been able to substitute away. These can have really big implications as we move from you know, again, on average, urea is 1.24 times the price of anhydrous ammonia on a unit of nitrogen applied basis. That has been as low as 1.03 here now, and it's been as high as 1.55. So you can think about how much difference there is if you're going to put out $100 of fertilizer, how much difference that might result in how much nitrogen you're going to put down. The final idea we wrote about this week and what I wanted to share and help you think about are Soybean oil and soybean oil prices. We put last fall that they've been at sort of historic highs, trading at 60 to 70, almost 80 cents a pound. And through the winter, it sort of hit 80 cents a pound the fall and it drifted slightly lower. But we've seen even higher prices here in the last several weeks and months. It's got as high as 90 cents per pound in early parts of 2022. And since from January through May, it's averaged 77 cents a pound. So we're at averages in 2021 and 2022 thus far that we just haven't seen historically in this data set. So while we've been talking about high prices curbing usage or curbing demand, it hasn't, we've seen the high price situation continue for soybean oil. But how does this translate into usage? What's really interesting is as we 
dive in to some of the usage data. And we're going to have to do this in another article. We didn't get to it in this week's articles. Soybean oil usage is still really strong. We still expect an upturn in soybean usage. Now, what's been going on in the soybean crush side of things? Well, there's three drivers in that business. There's the oil price, the meal price, and there's the soybean price. And so we have high oil prices. We've had improving meal prices relative to a year ago at this time. And well, we also had soybean prices get you know, pretty darn high in the last several weeks. And so we've seen a big run up. This data set reports stone cash soybean prices. They've increased about $4 a bushel from January to today. So big change in those soybean prices. And that's put a little bit of a, a damper on the soybean crush spread. It's still above a dollar a bushel. It's still pretty favorable, historically speaking, but not nearly as favorable as this 2 to $3 crush spread that we saw over the last several months, you know, really going back almost a year ago. And so we'll have to see how this plays out. But in general, the soybean crush spread has started to, to collapse a little bit. It's starting to get a little tighter. Again, we have still high oil prices, favorable meal prices. It's these high soybean prices that are going to, you know, kind of put some headwind into this equation. A lot of swimming crush facilities being announced, being constructed, being built. We'll need to see how this plays out over the next coming several weeks and months. So that's all I have for today. Of course, you can read those. Um, as always, keep in mind the USD reports next week. We also had the Ag Forecast Network question about farmland estate taxes. There was a June 1st deadline on that. That got resolved as a no. We're going to write an article about that for next week's article, sort of the always learning side of things. Um, that was a big issue throughout most of the summer of 2021. And, and we've sort of moved past that really quickly. Haven't seen much talked about that in quite a while. But of course, until next week's recording, send us any ideas or topic you'd like for us to dig into and, and challenge our thinking a little bit on. And as always for you, stay curious. 